Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of Shotgun Start. It is January 6th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I'm in the car. I'm on the AirPods. I got no internet because of, uh, of storms here in Northern California. It was, it was just a long day. I was, I was working out of a cafe. I was forced out of my comfort zone. I just I had to like dress up like a real individual of the day and, and, and enter society. And You know, I don't know if I liked that. Cafe. What is that fancy term? Like you can't just say coffee shop anymore. You moved to. No, it was like a, you know, it was like a cafe. I went okay. to there's a, like I had to drive like twenty minutes to find somewhere with internet. It's bad out there. It sounds like. Sounds well, like it's supposed some... to supposed to get the internet in a couple hours. A okay. couple hours away. They but it's say. only took us so... well it's the second episode to have a hiccup where we're recording <laughs> from our car. Usually this happens in the middle of the summer when we're both you know going to and fro on the road, but. Here you are sitting was, in the dark, just shouting at me, and you know, through your dashboard. Earlier today, I my my I don't get the cell service was really bad at my house too, so I couldn't even like stream the golf. I was sitting in a in a grocery store <laughs> from from six thirty or five thirty to six thirty, watching golf in my car on my phone. Just you know, it was enjoyable. I I really it was it was great. I, yeah, but at the same time, I was like, "Man, this—you realize how much, how, how much uh, damage no internet does to you." Cutting off the world, no cell service or internet gets you in trouble. So here we are recording, but it was a, uh, it was an enjoyable watch nonetheless. Like I know, we this, this is kind of an old, kind of an old saying here at this podcast now. But like, this is always just such a fun part of the year. It's such a fun restart of the year or, or resumption of the season, I guess, but for us, the beginning of the, what we think is the season, um, you know, I think it's shared I, amongst many, many, many close golf watchers who kind of get fatigued. I think what I'm coming to the conclusion is, and I, we're making grand conclusions here at the start of this year. People who are big time PGA Tour fans, not big time, but interested in it, really enjoy it up until about, you know, mid-April. And then they spend their days playing golf, right? Much more aside from majors, right? And then after that, it's just kind of nothing. There's like, it really gets fatigue. And so this like enthusiasm, energy, um, appreciation is sort of at an all-time high. Although I'll tell you what. Do you agree with that? Would you agree with that? It's like recreational golfers that then go play once it gets to well, April, June, July. They're just don't. They're sick of I this. Think, hold on. I, I let's let's hit the, pump the brakes here. <laughs> I do not think that interest in watching golf dwindles. I think the interest in watching the golf that is presented to people at that time of the year is what dwindles. Because yeah. oh, if yeah. we're being yeah. Yeah. If we're being realistic, like the quality of tournament from, you know, and I'm the quality of tournament is 
the players playing in the field, the venue, the time of day that it's on, and like what you're competing with. Like all those things go into like what to me, like I've been thinking about this a lot this week is Kapalua to me is my second favorite PGA Tour stop. I, I like can't put it above Riv, but it's really close to Riv. And it's because of like it's on at a time of year where I'm like excited to watch golf. It's get it gets a great field and it's like a cool, fun golf course to play to watch. And then it also has like awesome scenery. It also feels like, you know, to be completely honest, like the announcers sound like rejuvenated from having a few weeks off. I loved it. I loved just, I mean, I, I loved having Zayner there. I loved having Zayner back in my life. It had been a while. You know, you've got uh, Smiley was pretty good. Smiley uh, solid. John, John Wood was good. Like, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't mean to suggest interest in terms of, like, raw well, um, numbers just, or like, whatever. But just for us, and energy and enthusiasm in the product and what the PGA Tour is sort of cuts off I mean, after a certain date. So like, is Wells Fargo's a what? What's the new designated event? This is Garrett writes about this in the newsletter, so I don't want to step. Read his. He <laughs> makes some really good points, but it, I watched. I, I was waiting for confirmation. I watched Dan Hicks and Paul Azinger very clearly, very clearly and carefully call it designated events. And what a just vanilla mayonnaise sandwich between two pieces of white bread from an organization that literally like goes out of its way to tell you like, you know, to tell you shit sandwiches, you know, roast beef all the time, all the time. Like this, they are using grand terms for everything. The ultimate prize, the gold standard, the purest test in golf, the season of championships, all these things. They are love to make up grandiose terms. And they're just saying designated events. What does that <laughs> even mean? Like the designated hitter. What does that, what does des- it is the most sort of pansy. Uh, we don't want to upset anyone here. This is all like, like they're not touting it. Like they're not touting it. They're like, let's not let people know that there's, you know, a lot of money at stake here or what? And that the other ones aren't worth watching. It is just from a place that loves to come up with these over the top terms and phrases for everything. It's a very deliberate choice, designated events. So that's that I I read Garrett for better analysis in the newsletter, but yes, I guess that's what we're calling it right now. Well, so these designated events, right? If, if I think well, like Wells Fargo's one, right? Yes. So May fifteenth or whatever it is. Am I? Will I be? It's going to have a, as good, if not better, of a field as Kapalua. Um, am I going to be more excited about Wells Fargo than Kapalua? No. It's not just the players, right? It's the time. If Wells Fargo was in Hawaii. In, in April or what May 15th I if it was in Hawaii at Kapalua or somewhere that was of that level and on in prime time not like during the middle of like a probably one of the first nice days in the middle of, in the middle of most of the country weekend days 
yeah, I'd be more excited about it. You know, that'd be a great time. Yeah. A great time for a primetime golf event. This is the point. The point is that all these things go into these events and the West coast swing is so popular because it's on later. It doesn't conflict with daily activities. You go to basketball games with your kids and you come back and you're, Oh, the golf's on at night, you know, it's yeah, not on. Yeah. And, and I'm on the West coast now, like Kapalua's hours aren't as great as they are before, but they're a lot better than them being on like at noon, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. This yeah. is uh it's a, it's, this event is awesome. And it's, I think it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things. And that's where what goes Gee. wrong with the PGA Tour calendar as you advance into the year. Is A, there's fatigue from how much golf is on. You can hear it from there's the... monotony. Yeah, the announcers. The, this That was like something that stuck out today when I was thinking about it. These guys get tired of it, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, at the same time, similar kind of stakes. And then the venues. Similar, the yeah. venues go off a cliff. Like, the quality sure, of venues... Of after April is just a disaster. Really, after we, like we, after March is a disaster. About right. So let's talk about that for a second. Joseph Lamagna made his little tears on on, on Twitter and, and got people worked up. And he, of course, had his criteria. We post about that in the Club TFE blog. We made a template for you guys to have fun with your tears. Some people were putting, you know, being cheeky and putting masters in the bottom tier and things like that. But so he put the tears up. Obviously, that cliff happens, like you talked about. So many of those venues, and even Joseph Lamagna's criteria, which are he is an he's a pro golf data nerd. He watches pro golf. He advises pros on how to play based on the data. Like it's not necessarily some aesthetic or personal. It, this is what what tests a player uh, the best, the pros the best, or what has a unique ability to test them. Um, he put Kapalua at the top, I think, or the second tier, whatever, near the top. You love it. You're talking about how much you love it. Maybe more than Riviera, or as much as Riviera, getting close to Riviera. John Rahm, after the round, comes out and says, quote, unquote, it's all wedges. It's nothing more than wedges. It's just everything. You just hit a driver, and it's all wedges. Is that like... I, I understand why the cause of that is that they hit it a mile and he said it was, this is the fastest he's ever seen it. Although he's quick to point out, not firm, just fast. It's very fast. The fairways. I, I think that, that explain that a little bit in, it seems to run counter to well, it being a holistic test for pros when it's Ram is literally saying it's all wedges. And of course we're going to get hollering about the scoring, but that's not, that's beside the point. If they're hitting a ton of wedges all day on every hole about, he said, um, that's a problem. We know what a lot of the root cause is, but it seems to be even further diminishing the well-rounded test that Joseph Lamagna cites. And uh, he may have data to contradict that. or, or refute I think that. the thing that it, it does do is it, it and there's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a fluke that John Rahm plays really well here and other guys don't play that well here. You got to be a shot maker. You're hitting from like all sorts of different lies. Like the best iron players are always going to play yeah. well here because they are the, the players that are most adept at hitting from 
like non-driving range shots. Look at like, look at every year who wins here. It's guys that like can play well. Like this is, there's like a direct, there's a strong correlation to performance at, at uh, Kapalua to Augusta national masters because like you have to hit golf shots. It's not, it's not, you're not hitting from flat lies. And, you know, I think like you also need to have like really good control of your golf ball because you need to spin it the right way. You have to be able to hit different shots off of these weird lies and driving it. You can drive it. You, there are definitely like the right places to hit drives for specific pins. Like it's wide, but there are preferred spots to be. So the other thing too, is like when you have a lot of par fives that are reachable, those par fives that are reachable, you have to hit long irons and fairway woods off of extremely side hill lies. And the very best players uh-huh. are the best at doing that, you know? So that's why John Rahm plays well here. That's why Cam Smith played really well here last <laughs> year. That's why Tiger won here. That's why Ernie Els played really well here. That's why, like, Jordan Spieth and, and Patrick Reed played really well that one year. Um, you know, like, all these guys... Guys that play well play well here usually. Yeah, I should I should add that wind was not nil today too, so which which adds to I mean certainly it can help you, but but it makes I mean it also even, can make one other thing that they've uh, done much shorter. They've like neutered this golf course with what they what the tour forced them to do to the greens. I mean, like the tour, has, it, it's yeah. like actually like pretty like. I don't know if I talked about this last year, but like the every year this goes on and they talk about softening the greens, it kind of irritates me even more. This is like really the first design of, of arguably, like I mean, you can make an argument between Bill Core and Tom Doak as as the two greatest architects, living architects, and the tour effectively like made forced them to to alter their the first set of greens that they really built together. It's kind of like actually like it's like a historical yeah, document, like, right? Like this is a historical like, document. They're just, like yeah, deeply like it's actually like repulsive when you think about it. Um, <laughs> and it'd be like uh, you know what, frankly, yeah, right? Your first house. Um, you know what? Like we'd like a little bit more vinyl siding on it. <laughs> Like in and walking them out uh, there and making them do that, you know, it's just Rob. Yeah, the players are appreciating it. Rob talked about that even more. Like, year is this year two? I think it's of three. the greens being this year way. Three. Okay, he was maybe for him it was year. I can't remember, but he's like, oh, they're rolling even more. True and great, they're perfect. I mean, the pros love just, them. They, so, and that's um, the thing. It's like I, I'm curious. I, I gotta do the numbers, but what what the scoring average was. Uh, the average score, you know, scoring averages before and after, because like the golf course loses a lot of teeth when you don't have slope and greens. Right. And, and I think that's, yeah, just as, as a point of clarity, when you say softening greens, we're not talking about like firmness. We're talking about, they took out some contour. Yeah. Just kind of, they took out contour because they needed to have them at the speed that is poor speed. Which is what, like, twelve or something? I, I think so. So who knows? It's just like fast. the tour okay. likes to have less okay. than one point five percent slope in pinnable areas. <laughs> That's right. 
That's so, um, all right. <laughs> so, I mean, Kyle Morkow is your leader, as you can see. Nine under 64. There were a lot of 64s. We're on a pace for, who knows, thirty. another probably 30 under. Cam Smith was there. They'll be hollering about scoring if the wind doesn't come. Um, uh, JJ Spawn also shot a nine under, and Rom shot a nine under as well. It's a par 73. Thomas Kim or Tom Kim, he's doesn't How, go by Thomas. He, is he going to be just a catnip uh, machine? It seems like he is going to be the yes. new. We are going to just just ring ring everything we can out of Tom Kim here. I mean, unless he gets milkshake ducked, um, I think he's going to be just a nonstop cat. He he's lovable. He is though. lovable. I mean, I, I, I love I, there was a minute there where I was like, "All right, there's too many people on the bandwagon. I'm off," which is no no fault of his. But like the overexposure there around the President's Cup, or I, I don't know, it just got a, the President's Cup. I thought like because it lost steam because of the defections, they really just <laughs> overdid it on the Tom Kim thing because they needed something. He was but, the juice. Tom I mean, Kim the more was the juice. In the <laughs> so then I got, yeah, I was a little like, all right, people are going up crazy, but he's kind of, I'm okay with it. He's not overdone yet. The, the nugget that, I mean, the nugget that Smiley Kaufman shared that he's going to Christmas dinner at the Smiths. Like what a great, I, I you think it's an odd couple. And of course there's a little more color around it. They use Cameron McCormick as a coach. They both live in Dallas, but you know, Tom's like 20 and, the announcer starts chuckling and like, oh, 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 he's looking up to speed. How old does that make you feel? You know, uh, you know, that kind of deal. But that was just a great nugget. Just I'd love to envision Tom Kim ingratiating himself. Like you got to be willing. You got to be a kind of a, a, a magnetic personality in your own right. You also got to be willing to go out there and mix it up and have a little fun. And it seems like he is really appreciated and, and has so much character and joie de vivre. And he's just going to Christmas dinner at the speeds and smiley at went back for thirds and fourths. And I think a little <laughs> bit of the catnip is how he's going to be loves to eat and all that stuff. And people were tweeting at us about that, but um, he, he, it's not, it's hard to overdo it right now. For Tom, I, I'm into can, it. Every nugget is, is I like every new one that comes. Can out. I can I talk about a couple things that I picked up from this telecast? You know, you can go. All right, let's do notes or whatever odds and ends. I don't know if you picked up on any of the new commercials. Uh I saw one that I thought was pretty good. It was like history, right? They were well, like, no, they were kind of interspersing. We're not talking about what? I, I, I'm talking about the Cola Guard commercial. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like the PGA no, Tour ad no, no, you no, hammer no. with all you. Okay, all right. Well, I was actually getting ready to compliment one that was interspersing like old footage. But go Colgard ahead. Colgard has a new commercial that that talks about taking a dump in a box to the to the rhythm of "I Did It My Way." The song, you know. No, <laughs> no. And I just. I'm just praying. What does that I'm just mean? Praying. You find your place and <laughs> process. What is that going? What is I that? I was watching this in my car in a in a grocery store parking lot, just dying laughing. I could only imagine <laughs> what people were walking by thinking I was doing in my car. <laughs> I mean, what are with, they? Are they paying like the clearance rights for the fees for all that to do? I did it like my way all, for dumping a box all commercial. These people have taken, taken dumps in boxes singing. I did it my way. No, no. <laughs> 
does this mean the anthropomorphic box is out? Is he still around dancing around the Listen, screen? Or I, do we, do we have confirmation caught, of that? I like, the end of this commercial. <laughs> I was like zoning out. I was, I was writing notes. And then this, this caught my eye and made it to the top of the notes. <laughs> okay, what else? PXG has a new commercial. Much softer approach. Dr. That. Bob is... It's taking his foot off the gas a little on the ad reads. And I wonder if that's the new the new cadence this year. Is it going to be a little bit softer? A, uh, a friend of the program, I forgot to tell you this, ran into Dr. Bob on vacation <laughs> in the last month. And like... And apparently it's just like this total shell shock. His voice sounds nothing, nothing like he expected to like, he meant like, I don't know if he eavesdropped or actually introduced himself, but it's just like a total like night and day situation. I'm not suggesting he's soft spoken, but the guy said he just fell out of his chair hearing this Dr. Bob non-commercial voice of Dr. Bob is it's apparently quite distinct distinct from what we're telling you these new Uh, commercials are a little bit softer there i I all right um we got we got i mean they couldn't get any more intense you were talking about the poofball express going to to wilson with uh with kisner i was shocked to see they got they got a a a masher too they they signed mullinax they're spending money left and right mullinax to 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 wilson (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say left and right is maybe a little care over characterization. I mean, new tour van. I, I appreciate Trey Volodex, but yeah, that's true. New tour that's van. True. Now they got they got Mullinax and Kisner. They're trying to lock up the SEC uh, SEC uh, football schools. Yeah, the powerhouses there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I think there are more other options too for that, but yeah, that's true. But maybe that's the strategy. Another note. Uh, what else? You 14th got? hole is so fun to watch. The guys like actually lay back. Some guys go for it. It's a, that's a cool golf hole. Um, that's just, it's a, it is kind of, I think it's at like the perfect spot in the round, right? Where it's not too late. I think like the short par three, par four, the little cliche getting it really late. It's like right in the spot you want it. Um, where, you know, and, and like it was cool. So Zal Torres laid back, hit a wedge to a foot. Like, you know, other guys get up and push up and they can end up in the junk because it's, it's narrow enough. It's, it's just a cool, cool golf hole. Um, yeah. I mean, Morikawa hit it 272 to the bunker, got up and down. Like, you know, hit it, ripped it up there. It, it's cool. Yeah. It's uncomfortable hard. moment in the telecast when uh, Zinger and Hicks are talking about Spieth and they start saying, like, you know, the only way, and Smiley had just commented, the only way you lose your golf game is with the driver. And it was like, you know, oh, it was like, oh, I kind of felt bad, was the you third know, it's party. like, but yeah, that being yeah. said, on the flip side, I think the best moments, the best moments in telecasts now, I, I like strongly believe this. They need to have three guys in the booth. There has to be Hicks, Zinger, and one other guy in the booth. Like that yields really? such better commentary because Zinger does, isn't, doesn't have to carry the load. Like those guys, like the best moments are when John Wood, Zinger, and or or Smiley. Like I think you got to expand the booth in golf. I, I like think about watching an NBA game when you got Van Gundy alone 
or Jackson alone, Mark Jackson alone, versus when you get both of them in Breen. You know, when you get both of them, yeah. it's so oh, much yeah. better. And I think that we've been doing the what? booth thing wrong by just not having one extra voice in the booth. You can still have your your people what? out on the course, but you got to have more people in the booth because there's too much downtime. There's It's just too much to ask Zinger or whoever else it is to carry the load and because they these guys don't work hard enough to do that. <laughs> we'll have to get that note up the chain. Sean McManus and you know Pete Favacqua, others that, that add some more bodies in the booth. Did um, you hear their Zinger Zinger had me did going. Did you hear him talking what? them talking about when they asked Billy about the uh about the when, when they asked him when he started to sneak up to the ball? No, I missed that. I mean, this, it was great. They, they said, like, we asked Billy, uh, you know, like, when did you start sneaking up to the ball? You know, on his putting routine? I was pre-putt, yeah, as he goes in. And Billy, ball. of course, I don't know. I just, just, I didn't even know I was doing it. And then I, you know, somebody told me I was doing it. I mean, that sounds, it was, that sounds like the Billy process. It's not really deliberate. It just starts happening in his, you know, manic state. Um, I loved Zayner. He was just, he was, he was not great. It was great. It was great to hear his voice. Not grading on me. He signs off. It just cracked me up. They were showing the mountains or something that kept on Maui. He goes, it's just like Jurassic Park, isn't it? He said it with the clarity and conviction as if he had been there. He had been to Jurassic Park and we'd all been to, like, like he knew exactly what Jurassic Park, you know, traveling to that place was. And it just like cracked me up. Um, the Cam Smith quote, they're just talking about this now. This, you know, was at this point last year or I don't know, midsummer last year. There was not really, it was taboo to even bring up. They talked about Cam Smith being the defending champion mm-hmm. there for a little bit. They talked, I mean, Zayner, Zayner was, had the mens rea. He went right to Cam Smith's mind and said, he's sitting on the couch at home. He goes, man, I wish I was there, which, you know, I, I think I'll coin a new term. Uh, we'll call it Fultzian as opposed to Jerry. I mean, that's a little Fultzian. Just like, I don't know. Cam Smith might not give a might shit. Be play, might knows? be playing Maybe pickleball. He does I heard he's super into pickleball. Yeah, he could be wiping his ass with five hundred dollar bill. I don't know, but like, um, yeah, he, he just us, they, they're talking about Australia it. Though I appreciate that they're. I don't know. I'm making that up, but um, yeah, they they addressed it. They talked about it. They said he probably wishes he was here, and everybody loves coming here to start their year, which I do appreciate about this generation pre designated event, right? Like. The, the Tiger and Phil, like they kind of, lo- they weren't making this trip anymore. They lost interest. Um, but like these guys had been coming and continue to come. Like it is sort of this tradition that they want to start their year here. But uh, that was interesting. They're at least acknowledging uh, Cameron Smith and acknowledging uh, Liv or, or I don't know, people who are no longer with us, so to speak. Um, what else did you like? Anything? I, you know what I liked is the drone shot. This is this is like you know it's bells and whistles. I love the drone shot of the rolling ball down the 18th fairway, like right, like low. I thought it was like I don't know. It was different. It was a different angle for a minute, and and will tire of that for and think it's silly. Maybe eventually, sure. But 
it's sort of buttressed the notion that, you know, golf is most exciting when the ball is on the ground. And who could think like a ball just rolling down a hill would be interesting. But I thought the view of it and the way it kept going and going and going was kind of interesting. It was something different. I liked the drone shot. Um, I thought for a while it felt like the net, the, the broadcast was brought to us by the Caddy Network. Just an incredible amount of talk about the caddies. Non-stop. There was like an hour of talk about how much, you know, between Zayner and John Wood, they I, they didn't just do a segment on the caddies. Like these guys, it used to be show up, keep up, shut up. And, and now it's like, you are fired if you get a number wrong. You got to be doing that aim point better. than like they did it for like an hour. They kept talking about the caddies nonstop. So that was fun. Um, that's that's I don't know. I mean, Rom hit five fairways, but put put it well. It kind that's of kind of it's a good bot, good bot day. That is, <laughs> be the one. John Rom puts well to shoot sixty four. John Rom put it put it put it to sixty four. Um, how about? Do you have any concern that Colin Morikawa now has you know a coach for every phase of the game? <laughs> this is what I was just about to bring up. How about our guy Parker Parker McLaughlin? Noted uh, short game guru. I I just want to know how you become a chipping guru. I mean, what do you have to a, do? You can be a guru for anything. Could I be a chipping right? guru? Could I just one day just turn into a chipping guru? Self-appointed chipping guru? Yeah, who, yeah, who appointed sure him a could. chipping guru? He was playing professional golf like a year ago. Oh, he's still playing. I mean, not, you know, trying to play. There was a was he ever was he really, was nuggets. he really good at chipping? Like I don't recall him being like a know. great chipper. And then it's like his like is it uh who's his client? Norquist. Uh, Norquist. Norquist. She doesn't ever Anna chip. Norquist. She putts everywhere. Right. This is why he's been on our radar for <laughs> For the last couple of years, since he was puffing his chest about Anna Norquist win it was it Carnoustie that she won the Women's Open, the British Open, and you know she had been putting from everywhere inside like sixty yards, and I don't know, but uh, yeah, there was one of my favorite notes of uh, year in review that we just did was, and I did I left it on the cutting room floor was uh. Somebody was tweeting about him at the Barracuda and like tweeting his OWGR results in the last. I think it was Eric Patterson. Like, we have to stop this. He had WD and MC'd in like 35 straight events or something. But he's now advising Colin Morikawa, as is uh, there's a putting coach. Sweeney. Um, Sweeney, man. Sweeney, yeah. Yeah. Sweeney. Sweeney boy. Um, does that concern you at all? Or I mean, who knows? I People wonder how many coaches you should that. have. It's true. Or, I mean, it, he has the funds to have several, to have a full stable. Do you think they all that. come out so. to every event with him? No. No, that's ridiculous. That, that sounds like not a good way to spend your money. He lives uh, in Vegas, right? I think that Parker McLaughlin lives there, too. Yeah, he lives at the Summit Club or whatever it's called. The Summit. Eric Patterson. This is a tweet from the Barracuda. Tour needs to stop giving Parker McLaughlin starts ASAP <laughs> with a screenshot attached of his starts on the OWGR. There's nothing but an MC or WD on the entire screenshot of pages. It's, you know, opposite field events. But I, he's a chipping guru. Not say 
you know, separate and apart from his play, his recent play, he knows how to chip. I think so. it, he needs a better, you know, like I, I really wish it was more along the lines of swing surgeon. What could he be? He could be the, uh, you know, we got to come up with a better oh, this name is good. for him. We'll have to know? get this. A chi- yeah. A chipping, yeah. Uh, chipping connoisseur. What's a CH? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll think about this. Think about, All right. Yeah. Anybody has any well, ideas, you can submit them to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else from the first day that no, really, you got a Comcast business tour, top 10 updates. You love those. You liked Orlando Pope. New, oh new my God. Official. Maybe not. <laughs> came sauntering in Orlando Pope. Is what just a, a name. Bad, badass name. Great name. Great I, name. I didn't know that the tour was sitting on a guy with the name Orlando Pope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy should be front and center everywhere. He might. I think it's a better name than Slugger White. What do you think? It's up there. It's up there. I like it. I mean, I mean, there's all sorts of fun you can have with Pope Pope puns, you know. I kind of feel bad. The missile, the papal. Feel bad Go for ahead. Ken Tackett. You know, he's going to be taking a back seat now that we know Orlando Pope. What, who's, what's the other guy? Bland Cooper and Orlando Pope. No, he's, he's, the agron- he's the agronomist. <laughs> but yes, he does have a distinct name. Or indistinct name. Bland. So. Um, yeah, that's it. Great start. Great start to the year. We got three more days of going. Colin Morikawa, who knows? What's the finishing score? Are we going to get to 33 under or whatever it was oh, last year? Knows? People holler about it. Everybody's going to get worked up about modern pros are too good and this, that, and the other. What's the so, weather? Let's see what um, the weather looks like. Um, let's see if it blows. Maui um, weather forecast. MauiNow.com. That's where we're going. We got... Uh, we got Six to fifteen. Six to fifteen miles an hour tomorrow. Okay. Nine miles an hour the next day. It doesn't look like much wind, so no, doesn't okay. look. Looks like it's gonna go, to gonna be pretty under. low. Gonna be maybe okay. definitely the thirties, probably. So okay. I think they got to change um, the par here. Change the par to sixty-eight. <laughs> just, I was wondering how much you just chop off. You take a cleaver and just cut. Huh? Yeah. Five shots. That's a par 73. There isn't, I don't think any of the par fives are real par fives. Randall was tweeting about number uh, five with the scoring average being just like a tick above four, which, you know, Garrett Morrison wrote about at Club TFE. Speaking of, if you haven't subscribed or joined the membership, you can go to, uh, what is it? Thefriedegg.com slash membership to yeah. join we had a fun fun full fun filled week so far on the blog we had a video on building the green at the tree farm we had course reviews of the course profiles of the los angeles country club and predictions a lot of blog posts we, we had a comprehensive prediction post you That's know if you comprehensive didn't get a comprehensive comprehensive no. uh the yeah. point of the blog is to have a little fun. So you'll get maybe a substantive lengthy piece like Garrett had this week on the fifth hole being defamed by the, or, or I guess, you know, the, the plans for some real centerline bunker being defamed. Um, and, and, you know, a variety of other kind of discussions. The commenters have brought a lot of juice and vibrance, vibrant uh, discussion points to the, to, the, to the blog right now. But, of course, you get a weekly course profile, profile do we know what's coming next week? Are we allowed to say? Do we, can we tease? The Pebbles or, or next. We... Oh. Interesting. Wonder what there's to say about Pebble. A lot of people are aware of that place. So I guess that's the profile coming next week. All right. Um, so go to uh, thefriedegg.com slash membership. 
to join. Uh, thank you guys for your early support. Obviously, it seems like, a you know, it's its earliest days. It will only get better, I hope, right? I mean, this is the, you know, the earliest, you know, as we, we sort it out, but we're, we're really making an effort here to keep it fresh and keep stuff up, and that will continue throughout the year. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'm, all right. I, uh, I'm excited. I, I like it. already noticed that I'm writing easier because I'm writing more often. So, you know Good. how that works, yeah. right? Good. Yeah. Um, um, let's move on. Let's quick, talk about, uh, you know, what what's next on the agenda? I had some notes. Can we do some quick, quick news real quick? Yeah, I, I would news. love... I can't find the agenda because you changed the fucking document. The Masters is giving exemptions that they've not given exemptions yeah, to. Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, about this. Two amateurs, Gordon Sargent, uh, who won the NCAA championship, uh, the freshman, as a freshman at Vanderbilt, now a sophomore at Vanderbilt. Um, sorry. And then uh, Japanese player, K- Kazuki Higa, uh, also given invitations. Um, Fred Ridley, you know, the statement said, you know, prioritizes opportunities to elevate both amateur and professionals. We've extended invitations to two deserving, two deserving players not otherwise qualified. That puts the field now at 80 with three, you know, criteria or three exemptions to go. The Latin American AM, the winners, obviously, of whatever events, PGA Tour events between now and the, the, the Masters and, you know, the OWGR top 50 the week prior. So, a little different, you know, it's news when the Masters does this, right? Steps out and offers either special invitations or, in this case, special, uh, I guess it's an yeah invitation to two majors or two amateurs. I'm sorry. Yeah, what do you make of this? I just, I, I, I just, I want a little bit more clarity as to like where these exemptions, this is like, hist- I mean, in a way, it's like kind of like historic and different than they've ever done, right? Did Gordon Sargent get his exemption because he won the NCAAs? It's, I thought I saw Shackelford or somebody on Twitter suggesting like this should have been a criteria and it seems like this is why I, I chosen this time or I don't know. Like, I don't disagree with that. I would just like to understand like where these exemptions, like we're just giving amateur golfers exemptions. Like, can we explain why? Yeah. Does it? Well, I mean, this and it, like I have no problem well, with either of the exemptions. They can give anybody. I just would like to know why. And obviously, it's an invitational tournament. They have to. They don't even have to tell us why. But like, I do. I do. I. I do think like the NCAA champ or and or like, you know, maybe it's like the the best golfer in college golf. Like I think Gordon Sargent kind of checks both those boxes, right? He won the NCAAs yeah. as a freshman, and he's you know, I think arguably the best player in college golf. Like I'm fine with that. Right. Because like, guess what? The USAM winner isn't always the best player. It's kind of like got a lot of fluky winners, like USAM finalists. Like there are a lot of great, great, great players that never played the masters as an amateur that were the best amateurs in golf. Right. And I think I would like that. I'd oh, I think it would be a really cool thing if the best amateur in golf was always in the masters and maybe yeah, that's I'm, what they're pushing towards. I don't know if I said Higa was an amateur. He is not. He's, he's a Japan tour player. It was for order of merit under the uh-huh. Japan tour. I, I just, I don't know if I threw him in the same bucket as Sergeant to start, but yeah, he's an, he's an accomplished Japan golf tour. Do you think uh, they're, do you player. think they're going to give an exemption to the top Mina tour player? No, 
I don't think that's going to happen. Um, is Liv still I think it's the a, Mina tour? Are, are they like the Mina tour still, or what? What happened? With I, that? I don't know. Who knows? That was seems like a one week thing that happened in Bangkok, <laughs> and then we never heard about it again. Um, What's going this on? Say with anything? The Mina tour? Does this say anything larger about? I I, I don't know. Like the Masters, of course, is is loathe to have their field push anywhere near triple digits. That's not, doesn't seem to be in danger this year. Um, about the game getting younger. Do they want amateurs to really have a chance to win? I don't, you know, masters rookies don't fare well. Do I think like a 20 year old can go to Augusta national and just like win, but it, it, do they want, they obviously prize and cherish amateur status and amateur players. Um, I wonder if they're looking to get more, even even more amateurs in the field with younger players being better than ever. Um, so uh, that's not to suggest like this is purely the motivation for this one. Uh, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I think it's a good way to use it. Um, other news. Did you see the tentative fall schedule for 2023? Rex Hoggard, I believe, had this on yeah. the channel. Pretty sad. Houston. Houston Open, allegedly, for now. I don't know if it's moving somewhere. It's not on the schedule, but Houston Open. And I was shocked the CJ Cup are the two that would be dropped. That's a, that gets, didn't that just have like nine of the top 10 players in the world at the Congaree? And it gets a, well, they aren't going to give FedEx Cup points anymore. So you won't get them if, if they're not giving sure. away FedEx Cup points, right? Zozo's um, still around. Like, thank but, God. Thank God that it's it's less events i just can't believe that houston, houston is the one that gone like you one of the biggest cities of the in the country um actually like one of the best golf courses you visit maybe maybe houston comes back like who knows like in in the regular season that would be really nice i mean like they've been they've been a tour event since 1946 like what what are we Oh, we're gonna, keep so, Bar- we're gonna keep Barracuda, but or, we're keeping the Sanderson RSM. Yeah, the Sanderson RSM, Bermuda, Worldwide Technology, Fortinet, all these, and then Houston being the one. That, there was, I don't want. There were some rumors back when they had just had the Houston this past fall that it was a Jim Crane is the big, the big yeah. money guy in Houston was sort of maybe not maybe like not treated blown off by the tour or something like that. I, I don't know. And the crane, I don't know. There was rumors of a live event coming to a course that he was um, investing in down there. But I, I don't know. It's sad that a place that, that an event like the Houston open is the one that gets kicked, but uh, that schedule starting to take shape. Um, you have any reaction to paradigm? Our friend, providing us a commercial free hour on Sunday at the yes end. I wanted to know if uh do we paradigm do we have shift. to like paradigm now how many I paradigm know. ads are we gonna get within the hour of commercial free that's like my other question side or, or chatter yeah. about how this is the greatest thing that's ever been invented um, over under seven and a half in an hour eight you know this is a way, you know, if you give me hours of free golf, I'm more inclined to buy your product. Yes, me too. It generates more appreciation for your brand and or product. 
feels like you're giving me something. I don't know. Maybe I feel like this is not the worst use of marketing dollars. And I appreciate Paradigm for yielding it. Um, do you well? Do you appreciate it so much? Will you now spell paradigm that way in any future article? No, absolutely not. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm not a, about just you know rewriting history like they do at the Houston Open, deleting it. Um, that's all I got for news. Are we doing golf advice or do you want to move on? You're in your car. You want to do one let's or do, two? Let's do one. Advices? Let's do one. All right. We got to get golf advice back. Golf advice. It's back. back. No, it's back. The uh, we are we're gonna do it probably every Friday. I don't know when we'll do it. Maybe Fridays for now. The you are the email is sgsgolfadvice at gmail.com. This was never going away. We just had year interview to get through holiday breaks. But uh, you gotta uh, you gotta read off it because I I don't have access. Yeah, I'll I don't gotcha. know what the I, gotcha. I don't know what the password is. You can't find your documents. You can't find the email account. Uh, it's the email is SGS Golf Advice. Start sending those. We got a lot to get. I got through, it on my phone, and I'm using my them. phone to record right now. That's it's not because of that. I read them from. I read them on my phone. Oh. All right, start start sending those. We'll we'll get it going. We are getting it going again. Um, here's one. Help needed subject line. Help needed dash loudmouth. <laughs> what could that mean? I have a friend. This guy is a knucklehead and completely obsessed, <laughs> completely obsessed with loudmouth, ridiculous clothing. The brighter and uglier, the better for this individual, apparently. Anyhow, he is 43 and a big fellow. That's the least surprising part of this, the way this email has gone. That he's a husky boy. <laughs> And a big fellow with a big personality, also completely unsurprising. You see a guy in loudmouth, you know you're going to have, if he's near you, you're going to you know, have conversation. Or he's going to attempt conversation, or you're going to hear his voice in one form or fashion. He's 43 with a big fella and a big personality. No one around him wears it, and everyone begrudg- <laughs> begrudgingly tells him how quote-unquote cool it is. Just... <laughs> I guess trying to be nice. Guess what? It isn't cool when the 60-year-old waitress tells you she likes your pants at lunch. All in all, he is decent at golf, but this whole thing is absurd. Grow up. Come on, grow up. What do I do? I mean, he's 43. I think you can tell him just it's it's I I it sounds like the kind of guy I wouldn't take like take well to be in critiqued about this. Most people who wear loudmouth imagine aren't. They don't want to be told that it's stupid. They realize people have opinions about what they're wearing, and they're just not up for hearing them. What do you suggest he does? I think we share the same friend. Might know, might know who this this fellow, this large fellow is. Okay. Listen, I um, I'm okay with it. What do you? Think- what part of it? I mean, the guy's got his look, and he's he's sticking with oh, it. Oh, but you know, it's like it's it's, like it's peacocking a little bit, right? It You're is peacocking. peacocking. It when is. I see someone at loudmouth, that's not a person I want to talk to or spend time with. And maybe that's my that's own judging, that's my own fault. A book by yes, his cover. maybe that's my own flaw. But I just assume they're going to be annoying. Listen, I think that it's okay to have a distinct look. You know. That's I wore, true. I wore a bucket hat five years ago. Everybody was making fun of me. And then the people making oh, fun of me are wearing so you're bucket the hats. Trendsetter. Okay. Listen, All right. I'm just saying, you know, it's okay. 
I'm not. I'm not ever going to wear loud mouth pants. Like I'm not going to wear them. But if that's your thing, ma- make golf your thing. You know, make loud mouth your thing. It's uh. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do, right? Like if if that's like what you're. Here's my question: If you're the guy and you've been playing in loud mouth pants for a long time, do you lose a little bit of your? You know, golf is such an individual expression, right? Like you're you. The best, the way to play your best golf is to be 100% yourself on the golf course, right? Yeah. yeah. So if loudmouth is like your your golf attire, I wouldn't want to strip that away from someone. Okay. I, Just like I, I wouldn't I would... want to strip away Jordan Spieth's eight-year-old outfits, you know? Spieth was, Spieth was great to watch today. He was fun. He, he had that chip in. something to the broadcast that you just don't get from anybody else um let's go one more robert uh this is from robert dear abby i don't understand this this is way back in early november i need life i need life advice or i don't know i need advice for when to mow my lawn and when to golf on the weekends this sounds like something (laughs) for you sounds like you're kind of quandary i don't i don't really register with me if i mow the same day and mow first i'm tired at golf and play bad what's this guy got 25 acres if i golf first then i don't always always follow through on the mowing after that i understand and then it's rare that I have two free weekend days to spread it out. Why does mowing take a whole day? Why is that in why does it need a full yard. second weekend day? What's the best play here? Um I don't know. I don't, this this doesn't I think you gotta cut your grass. You don't have to play golf. I feel like you cut your grass and then you go play and suffer the consequences, I suppose. All right. Like I'm somebody that that likes to cut. I I find cutting the grass to be a very therapeutic oper- uh, activity. You know, you get yeah, all of oh, your thoughts. Totally, totally. Right. Yes, yes. One of the phenomenons with golf that I find amazing, and anybody that like plays in club championships or you know plays a competitive golf round will know this. Like I've I've driven four, five, six hours to play a golf tournament, and then I drive <laughs> home. Like you know, or I've you know, sure. I drive home after a tournament and I always would get home and I'd think about like, God, I don't even remember driving. It's like kind of scary because like you're reliving everything in your head as you're going through it. So I can't think of a better activity after playing golf than mowing the lot. Uh, I mean, what if uh, you, you played get a golf, you had a fair you amount of beverages, about, you had lunch. I don't know. I, I don't know. You, you might get home about and everything just... going on. You get a, you know, you're not at that time of the year. You're not turning on the rocket mortgage. That's true. You know, that's true. So yeah, you, you're, you're thinking you get to think about it, but otherwise, like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't prescribe by, hiring somebody to mow the lawn i like mowing my own lawn all right i completely agree but i've I've become far less judgmental of it um as like time just it's a time thing it's not like it's not like a my my solution would be if it's this big of a problem for you if you can afford to hire somebody to mow the lawn and play golf then that solves your whole problem right 
you can hire somebody to play golf for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I agree. Or, I, or if if you keep mowing the lawn before you play golf, you're gonna build up some endurance over the course of the year, and it's yeah. gonna become less tolling the more you do it. I so think more... get in the gym, January, February, yeah, March. Just get in the saying. gym, start hitting the treadmill or the <laughs> bike. I just start getting in Mo plus golf shape in these sort of winter months is what I would suggest. Like, think about back when you caddied, right? When you caddied. Yeah. yeah. The first time you went 36, it was like, God, oh, God. This, I'm That's dead. Bad. I'm like completely dead. Like you carry two bags. Where's the gold for 30, You carry two bags for 36 holes. The first time of in a year you do it, you're completely dead. But then yeah. once you've done it like 20 times, it's like, at the end of it, you're like, all right, I can go out and have a few pops tonight. Like, I'm feeling great, you know? So, like, this is a problem because you're not doing it enough to where you're not tired. Yeah, okay. So you get in shape. You get your yeah, you get in mow it plus above. golf shape. Okay. I, I like guarantee it. by the fifth time that you mow plus golf in a given day, that sounds like a great day, too. You know how much I would pay? To just mow my lawn and play golf in a day? That sounds like fantastic. That, yeah. that sounds wonderful. I would I would yeah, I would incur the like uh, you know, less talk- than stellar play from some fatigue to do that. If, yeah. I if I could mow my lawn and then go play golf by myself and talk to nobody in a given day. <laughs> like come home at darkness. That would be like the I like I need like four of those days a year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you want to do one more? Sure. You want to go? Go I, for I it. I like this one. This is from Jackson in the Chicago area. Uh, How do you spell his name? With an X or no, a, a no, CK? With, an, with, a, with a CK. <clears throat> I play in the West District Golf League in Chicago for my club. It's a collection of 12 private clubs. and so I don't want to get too specific. Uh, the West District. West District has like real history. That's a cool story, actually. Yeah. Those clubs. Uh, season long points race it's amazing 85 bucks to play free drinks and dinner the history of the league is super cool camaraderie with your team and guys at your club is fun however my team has this rule that if you get the least amount of points in the match you have to buy a bottle of wine for the team at dinner which is a fun tradition i think but i'm the youngest guy on the team by a lot uh i also work in a Administry, I don't have a ton of money to blow. I was invited to play on the team because I'm a lower handicap. They wanted to play against the best players on the other clubs. So he's getting pot. He's getting drubbed, right? He's a lower handicap, but he's still get, he's getting crushed now. And so uh, he's now got to buy a bottle of wine because he's not getting the points. At most clubs, the cheapest bottle of wine is seventy dollars. And you know he's, he's ministry. He doesn't have. He doesn't want to be doing this every time. Do you think it's okay for me to say no to the tradition because they invite me to play, and I always have to play the best golfers on the other teams? Of like a, a legit quandary. Not you know. I this I is appreciate a good quandary. This. Yeah, yeah. What would you do if it's if it's really becoming an issue for you, yes, I think you can point out. And if they don't, if they just find that to be a completely unacceptable objection or point or concern on your part, then I don't know. You have to make a choice of whether you want to keep doing this or you are uh, ready to just bounce, ready to be out. It's not worth your time or money. It sounds like it's a great experience, but um, 
I would suggest I would bring it up. Hey guys, um, I'm getting set up to as like sort of a cannon fodder, Jackson. <laughs> and it's costing me, you know, $85 or $100 bottle of wine every single time. I would just bring that up. And hopefully it falls on, uh, you know, receptive ears. What would you do? Well, I think there's a couple couple options here. Play better. Don't get your Come ass on. kicked. Come on. I'm, 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 but, you know, that's out of your hands, kind of, right? Maybe. It's would, not like maybe, he, he probably gets you, points sometimes. Maybe not every time, you know? What if you asked to play... What if you ask to play somebody else? So you're not playing like the good players every time, or is that just your sole purpose on the team? It sounds like they the asked him, yeah, as a lower handicap to be the guy, cannon fodder. <laughs> I think the only only way to be like, I think it's just coming clean and be like, listen, guys, like I love doing this, I love playing, but like this long term is not sustainable for me if I have to do this every time. Just but yeah, like it's that's a great the thing. Tradition, like, how are you? Are you we're losing have to every time? It. Yeah. Or is it I don't like? Know. Are we talking about? Because I think they play like they play a couple times a month, right? Over the course of the summer, and having some intimate knowledge of this league, um, you know, you play a couple times a month over the course of the summer. Are you losing? Are you the low to- points guy every time? Like maybe you need more pops. Like, or is your handicap right? You know. Yeah. Right, or they got to just bring in. They got to get on the recruiting trail <laughs> yeah, and start finding guys. You know, hit the transfer portal <laughs> and get guys that can compete at the highest level, and then put you on, shift you over to left tackle or whatever. I don't know. Um, and keep you on the team or whatever. It sounds like a great company, but yeah, if you're getting crushed and on the wine tab every time, it just doesn't seem. Like a tradition. Doesn't seem like a good situation. Like, you're playing in this thing. You're probably paying caddies. Like, that's the other thing. You're probably paying for a caddy. It's like, well, like, if I got to go play golf, like, this kind of defeats the purpose of joining a club. If I, like, you know, if you play a lot of golf and you find the right club, it can be something that saves you some cash over the course of the year. But, like, in this case, if you're having to drop, like, 100, 200 bucks every time you play golf in this league, it's not saving you any money. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's a it's it's that's a real quandary. I think you bring up you ask if there's another tradition that can be upheld in, in favor of this one, and, and maybe pause this one and see if you could buy hot dogs or something. <laughs> Gatorades or yeah, like a twelve pack of Coors Light. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, that does it for uh, golf. You know, you know what you I should sh- say is you should say you don't drink wine. So, you know, I'd rather buy beer. Doesn't sound like the tradition, but. um, (laughs) All right. SGSgolfadvice at gmail.com. Send them in. We'll keep this going. Uh, All right. That does it. First Friday episode of the year. Everything good? You're going to be able to get home, get out of your car. Hopefully you'll have the internet when you wake up. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. I've been probably burning gas, just idling here. You know, so all right, that does it. We'll be back with you on Monday. Thanks for your support. We'll, uh, you know, check in on everything Kapalua over the weekend.